Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of The Comics Comic, found wherever you can type The Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people with dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Bo Burnham is the quintessential YouTube comedy star. While still a teen, Bo went from recording funny songs in his bedroom to best-selling artist with Comedy Central. Burnham became a successful touring stand-up comedian as well as an actor, appearing on the big screen in Funny People and The Big Sick, and starring on the small screen in MTV's Zack Stone is Gonna Be Famous. After directing two of his three comedy specials, he turned to directing others, including Gerard Carmichael's Eight and Chris Rock's Tambourine. Burnham has now written and directed his first feature film, Eighth Grade, which debuted to raise at the 2018 Sundance Film Festival. The film depicts the agony of surviving middle school and social media pressures as an eighth grade girl. Burnham sat with me during a screening of the film at South by Southwest to talk about his own experiences with social media and what it all means. I'm honored to welcome him as the guest for my 200th episode of Last Things First. So please sit back, enjoy, and spread the love of this podcast far and wide. And let's get to it! So, Bo, I guess congratulations on 8th grade. Appreciate it, Sean. Thank you. It's your first feature, although you've directed yes. a couple of stand-up specials. Stand-up, but yeah, first narrative thing, yeah. 8th uh, grade for me was completely different because that was the spring of 1985. Yes. <coughs> <coughs> Dating yourself. What was 8th grade like for you? It was the spring of 2003. Um, and, I, you know... I had a I had a big chunky Motorola flip phone at the mm-hmm. time, so that was my <laughs> snorkel of technology, which is nothing like what the kids had today. No, um, but it was weird. I don't know. It's all sort of a blur. I tried to not project my own memory of eighth grade onto the experience as much as research it, because I just think the way we remember it is different than the way it was. Right. But I mean, also the technology has changed. Like you didn't have YouTube in eighth grade. So what was the plan for you then? Did you want to be a filmmaker? Uh, no, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I think I wanted to be a stand-up comedian at that time. I think I remember saying that. I was acting. I wanted to act. I like loved theater a lot. Um, Did they have anything in junior high for that? Or? Yeah, yeah. They had like plays and things. I would do I would do theater in the summer, and it was sort of like my love of theater kind of like sort of atomized out into sort of everything I would end up doing. Like I mm. ended up doing stand-up, and then I just tried to make my stand-up into sort of a theater show kind of you know like okay um well people obviously saw that in your adult life yeah yeah exactly so like just what i what i loved about theater which was working with actors and, and writing and, and and working with a script and staging a scene mm-hmm. I, I even even young i remember that i remember like with my w- doing my plays like loving to sketch out what the blocking would be and things. I, I've always loved the staging of things and, and, and I, I brought that into my stand-up later and then, and then realized that like so much of the things I loved were, were a part of directing film. So as, as your teenage years were kind of morphing thanks to YouTube, how much did that kind of derail what you thought the plan was going to be? You know, I, well, I, I was ready to go, you know, I, I, it sort of, I sort of hit online when I was 16, 17, sort of right, right at, um, and I was planning to go to college to study theater, and instead I deferred and, and started stand-up. And, and um, so it wasn't like totally out of the question. It's not like I was going to be a physicist and then all of a sudden I was becoming a stand-up comedian. Um, but 
yeah, it wasn't what I thought I would do. You know, it definitely wasn't. At the time, I didn't. I, I, and even as I did stand up, I felt more like a, like a theater person, like someone that makes a show rather mm-hmm. than someone that does stand up. You know, or or or, or I, I felt more of a more of a writer than than a comedian per se or something. You know, I always kind of wished that I could send out a clone of myself to go perform. My my love was never rooted in the performing it was always in the writing and the staging and the and the conception of the thing right because isn't part of your whole story that you were one of the first youtube stars because you weren't trying to be a youtube star you know no one was at the time in right. 2006 you, it's like no one knew what you didn't it, know that was a thing no it was like i put it on youtube to show my brother at college because i heard like oh was, there was the site where you could share videos you know what i mean like the, even the idea of going like viral wasn't even relevant at the time um yeah so like it was very diy but just by necessity, you know, um, and now it's like it, it's established itself as this place right. where you can get discovered, and, and and it's actually harder to get discovered now on there because it's all the things that go viral are Tonight Show clips and movie trailers, you know, not not videos that kids are making in their bedroom or filming people's suicides or yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. At, at what point did you, since you were right in the middle of it, you know, eighth grade, the movie talks so much about how social media has completely influenced puberty and social growth yeah at what point did you realize it was doing that to you or that it was damaging kind of the whole generation around you probably i don't know maybe four or five years ago around 2021 i mean it was probably around the time that it really did sink its claws into us deeper than it had sort of advertised it would you know when it went from just a sort of place to share things to a place where we all express ourselves and we all represent ourselves. And, um, you know, the line between what a celebrity quote unquote is, or, you know, everyone's doing the same thing. You're in your feed, you're seeing your friends and your mom and your, and your, and Kim Kardashian and Nike and, you know, and it's and like, they're all equal. And the, yeah, exactly. And, and that, that's, I don't know. So that's the weird thing about social media is that just with, you know, in a matter of, simple app updates, whole society and the way we think and the way our brains are wired changes, you know, I, that sounds a little dramatic, but it, you know, there, there's no po- for, for other changes in society. If you're changing schooling or standardized testing, you need a huge faculty and committee and votes on it. And, and, you know, Instagram right, update it, stuff and it changes the way your kids and you behave and, and no one agrees to it. Right. They change the algorithm and yeah. And like even, it changes you your just, life. You don't even find out yeah, until yeah, after. you don't. Yeah, exactly. Until you're like, Oh wait, I just made this video and none of my friends are seeing. Yes. It. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which and my friends aren't my friends anymore. Why is that? Why do they all hate me? <laughs> oh, because, because Instagram is the way it is. Was that really what compelled you to write this movie? Yeah, something like that. A way I was feeling. I was feeling pretty anxious at the time and, and feeling like the internet wasn't being talked about correctly and feeling like my anxious, my anxiety was, was, was tied up in the internet in some way. And so I wanted to, wanted to talk about it. And this was just sort of the purest way to talk about it was through a kid. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I've always been uh, impressed by with you mm. is whether it was your, your stand-up or you're acting, or now you're directing and writing, you always put a lot of care into what you do. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. I like to think I try really hard. (laughs) You know, there's some, there's sort of a, uh, I don't know, some, uh, an aesthetic, it might be 
falling away hopefully but this aesthetic of like you know the coolest it's it's cool not to try and it's cool not to care but i i care a lot and i try very very hard no even in your stand-up it's like you you recognize that even though you were a young star you weren't the you weren't the first star to come along well yeah and there were other one of the things i used to say about millennials was that they were the the true victims of the y2k virus because they forget that anything happened before the year 2000. Right, right, right. Whereas you consciously and as in your work made it known that you were aware that there were other comedians who did things and yes, of you course. were part yes, of a, yes. a linear. Well, yeah, and it was also just I got, you know, sort of known 16, 17, 18. It was desperate and realized like I am not close to as good as I could be. So I need to like, don't, don't just, you know, if I just emphasize this moment and uh, you know, I'll be, I don't want to be a 16, 17 year old quality comedian forever, you know? So, um, you know, my, my last special feels sort of like where I finally, finally did the thing I was trying to do the whole time. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm growing all the time. So, so. And that's how you made yourself happy. Sure. Was um, <laughs> yeah, maybe reaching the um, end, the end line of, Oh, this is what I wanted. This is what I want to accomplish. Well, it's just like I said what I was trying to say in a way that I think was, was, um, proficient you know I think I, I think I did it I think my other shows a little bit were for me trying to be something else and I think this one finally was itself um, and uh, but yeah you know I'm just saying you know when you get known for something very quickly that sort of impulse is probably to stop evolving but you know um, I, I hope my I hope my better works ahead of me well no in, in each of the stand-up specials you've directed with Gerard Car- Carmichael and Chris Rock like you made a there's a definite difference to them yeah yeah like you sure. looked at how all the stand-up specials were done and you're like there's there's got to be a different way to do this yeah of course i mean i just think the overall aesthetic of specials is just garbage and it's because it's a bunch of directors from the 1980s over lighting <laughs> stuff not knowing how to use digital cameras and it all looks like a talk show live from the chicago theater you know what i mean right um that wasn't a dig at Melania's because I think Melania's looks really <laughs> new in town live at the that's one not, not new in town uh, comeback kid yeah um, at the Chicago theater is a beautiful looking one that's one of the few ones that I think looks really really beautiful um, but you, you know what I'm saying when like Conan goes live to Chicago at the Chicago theater and right. it's just like a big overlit thing but it makes sense because it's Conan but then like stand-up specials film like that and it's like well shouldn't this be a little grittier and and cooler and right. the experience of being in a theater watching a comedian is like a visceral experience it's not a glitzy experience and you definitely got that with with Chris Rocks yeah that's that was the hope to just kind of yeah. you know make it a little more I mean he had already done the big huge exactly exactly thing with so Kill the Messenger, I, yeah so. exactly so it's like let's just commit to this other thing and then taking that aesthetic to a feature film about a teenage girl. Mm. I mean, you definitely, again, put the care into it and you're like, okay, this is not going to be a traditional teenage. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Well, well, I don't really care about teenage movie. I'm saying I don't, I, I didn't want to make a teen movie. I mean, hopefully teens like it and see it, but like mm-hmm. my impulse wasn't, I want to make a YA thing. It was just, I want to make a, a good thing about a person that, you know, happens to be 13. So, um, yeah, I, ho- I hope it, I hope, you know, I'm, I'm learning as a filmmaker and, 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 you know, hopefully we took some risks that paid off and hopefully the thing coheres. But it's also a huge statement about living in a social media area where it's all about likes and retweets. and. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, but that's for everybody. Like, I, don't, I just don't think as a culture we've even sort of begun to process what the Internet's actually doing to us. Um, 
the internet. Have, have the you inter- begun to process it? I'm trying. I mean, that's the With film. The film is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm processing it a lot. I mean, not that I have any answers, but that's what um, I was gonna ask. I'm Do you trying have any to. Answers for I don't. Young, I have young no, man. <laughs> no, I have no answers, but I would like at least to hopefully start a different type of conversation about mm-hmm. it. That's a little bit more personal than um, I don't know talking about you know how the internet affects social trends when social trend is like an internet buzzword to begin with you know yeah i mean one of the conversations i'm having a lot either with other journalists or with comedians is what to tell them about breaking into the business now because i feel like all of the avenues from the last decade are closed right like yeah coming someone through youtube is not i wouldn't know what to tell them about making their own web series and trying to yeah just get keep it, just just, just work and I mean the problem is is that that's sort of what the that's what everyone's looking to do and I, that's what I, they say at every every one of these panels here at South by Southwest right just keep is, making is, it they good. say go make your own thing and and you'll break out yeah but every, you might not break out I mean the world is truly the world is not fair and, and incredible artists go unrewarded their entire lives and never get seen and. Um, so you, you kind of have to know what you're getting into going into it. I mean, it's a, I'm from an incredible place of privilege because I've had a lot of uh, success afforded me early. And but um, that's the reality of the world of the arts is that you know it doesn't. It's not a meritocracy, and and hopefully you can get lucky and get seen. But you better fall in love with the thing itself and not you know the the killer living you can make from it, mm-hmm. or you know because it's just empty. You know. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, I'd say make stuff, but just make stuff so you can get on with becoming better at the thing. And then if it's great, I think it will be seen. I think it will be seen and found. And there's so many small, there's not, not a, there's not one big audience to get, but there's a ton of little audiences to get and you'll find somebody, but just keep working on the craft. I mean, that's the, if your priorities are in the craft, I think that's the most productive thing you can do. Um, I see a lot of people that are really good at promoting themselves, really good at, getting noticed and their shit sucks. Uh, what's the point, you know? Right. So if you, I know you said you don't have any answers, but if you could, if you could have a say in what the next phase of comedy is after this social media era, mm, yeah. like, would you have it all blow up and go back to how it used to be? Or, I don't know. Or, I, I, I hope that some people find, you know, the hour special I think is going to kind of go away a little bit because... The, the the current climate doesn't allow for people to sit and work on something for a couple of years and then present it. Everyone, you know, I see a lot of young comedians tweeting all their best ideas. And, you know, when an idea is good, when you have a two minute bit, put that out there when you have a three, mm-hmm. you know, rather than being able to make. So I hope we can kind of get back to that. You know, it feels like, you know. I don't know if the, if the, if the hour long special is the sort of novel of stand up or the album of stand up, you know, I don't want to just become singles and Spotify playlists. Right. Well, Netflix is doing 15 minute specials. Yeah, exactly. Here. And you know, that can be a good way to break in for some people. And I always f- kind of found that the half hour specials were sort of in between something. I would, right. I, it makes sense. You'd have 15 and then hours rather like half hours always felt a little, um, like too too short to be substantial, too long to be a preview of something, you know. So right. it was like, you know, you have to kill half of a hour instead of <laughs> instead of like a fifteen minute chunk. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think right, it's I, like I giving pre- headliners a feature spot. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Has Has Elsie Fisher, the star of your movie, has she like given you any sort of insight into what she hopes 
will happen with with social media and technology and the influence on kids? And uh, not a little bit. Or, I mean, she's very very smart and sensitive and has a really good head in her shoulders. Um, but yeah, I'm most interested to see what they say when they grow up because they're the ones that have really lived with it. You know, uh, uh, like fully. I had a little bit of a life before the internet. You know, they didn't at all. Right. And I had a whole life. <laughs> you had a whole, you had multiple wives. And <laughs> I'm like, you had a flip phone? I didn't even have a flip phone yeah, in 2003. I'm, I'm unfortunately going to have to run right. into this thing quick. In, in, as soon, well, that's, in, the, uh, that's the, uh, the fault of being a successful filmmaker. I know. It's just the screening is going so well. <laughs> we have to see it. Um, <laughs> well, Bo, thank you so much yeah, for taking thank some you, time. Sean. I really, I really appreciate it. it. Well, you've been with me forever, and I've talked about you a long time. I, you've, we've known you since, I, I've known you since I was 17, <laughs> and I always appreciate you. Um, and hopefully you can follow me on all my projects, not when they're just uh, whatever this is. Hopefully you'll follow me when I start my pop-up store of T-shirts on Fairfax Avenue. Ooh, I look forward to it. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. Thanks, Bo. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks first.